that's another episode of Wanderings and Wool Gathering. Here's Foggy. Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 34. Those were the tasty stylings of Mr. JPP. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. And here we are again. We are the new diabolic. We are the bitter bucolic. If we have to give our lives, you can have it. We are the pulse of the maggots. I'm your host, Foggy, and with me, as always, JPP. Hello, hello. Good evening. And Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind. It's boy band time. It's Metalhead Monday. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> oh, that never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are minus one teabags this week. Uh, teabags is away on assignment. We'll have a report for us next week. But uh, he desperately wanted to get back in time for the show, but it just was not to be. He'll have to report back. He owes us a follow-up on uh, uh, Fear Inoculum as well, so I'm looking forward to his dialogue on that matter. Yeah, seriously. Like, the biggest event in his life happens yeah. in the last 13 years, and he's not here. <laughs> this is true. I, he's, I'm sure he's chomping at the bit for... Uh, what it, will it be, episode 36? I think so, yep. Yeah, two weeks? Yep, hard to believe it's here already. I know. Well, yeah, it's hard to believe it's here already. <laughs> it's only been since, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like, you know, yesterday the 10,000 days came out, kids. Yeah, it I thought really... they were going to call this album Chinese Democracy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was awful, though. <laughs> Six so what's, what's going on, fellas? Not much here. Uh, just been listening to some music and working on the website with Teabags. We uh, had a nice little reaction to Fear Inoculum. If you haven't heard that little mini-sode, feel free to check it out on your favorite podcast apps and uh, let us know what you think. Monday, Metalhead Monday and I just hopped on and gave a quick synopsis and just some news updates of what we found that week. And If you like that kind of content, please let us know. We'd love to shell out some more and, and make sure that you're in the know on what's going on. And As we find out, we'll try to dish it out. Yeah, my uh, wife... Uh making fun of me she asked me since we got so many listens and looks at that little tool thing she asked me if i regretted making the (laughs) your answer was no right that's correct (laughs) good Good. happened in the moment it's you know went with it right i mean you know people do crazier things i mean all we're doing is just having some fun with a a news announcement that's all we were excited to hear the new tool came (laughs) out and we wanted to talk about it so (laughs) <laughs> quick quick correction on that it will actually be episode 37 um next week is kill switch engage the following week then awesome. we've got a guest mm-hmm. jpp and then uh tool will follow that so it'll be uh three weeks from gotcha. today cool well so. thank you for doing the math because i'm too tired for that right now <laughs> well hope you're not uh too tired for one lester bangs inspired challenge no sir i'm i'm ready for that I am trying to pull up my information right now. Here we go. All right. So I went kind of vintage with this one. And, uh, of course, I will omit clues to make it more challenging. But I'll leave some hints where possible. Um, All right. So it starts off like this. Those concerned with the future of hard rock may take solace in knowing that with the release of the first uh, U.S. album by these gross-out champions... 
the genre has unquestionably hit its all-time low. Things can only get better, at least I hope so. A band whose live act um, features leering, menacing... Uh, wait, sorry. Let me kind of omit a little bit there. Um, this band... Sorry, let's go from here. This band has nothing to say musically. Two guitars, bass, and drums, all goose-stepping together in a mindless three-chord formations. Lyrically, their universe begins and ends with the words I, me, and mine. Uh, lead singer spits out his vocals with a truly annoying aggression, which I suppose is the only way to do it. When you all seem to care about is being a star so you can get laid every night. And that, friends, comprises the sum total of themes discussed on this record. Stupidity bothers me. Calculated stupidity offends me. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Probably somebody really awesome since they said something like that. Yeah. Motorhead or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> Motorhead doesn't have two guitars, so it's not that. Right. I was trying to jot notes down. I think I missed some parts. <laughs> I was trying to write tip-offs. Um, yeah. Dang. That was brutal. It was. It was very brutal. And you'll be quite surprised. Can, I was. Can you name the, or read that first line again? There's something about... Those concerned with the future of hard rock may take solace in knowing that with the release of the first U.S. album by these gross-out champions, the genre has unquestionably hit its all-time low. So they have to be foreigners and gross-out champions. That's correct. Gross out champ. I don't even. That's that. That's kind of a throw off for me too. But well, once. Okay, wait. I I have a guess. Okay. They're obviously not American. Mm-hmm. They have two guitars. Uh, something else you said is I don't, I can't recall it, but something else you said is making me go this way. I'm gonna say ACDC. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> Nice. Why gross out champions? I know why. Because all of their songs are about like women and uh, Uh, I I mean, they really were at the time when they came out in like the early 70s. Like, I mean, they there was nobody really doing what they did and singing about what they were singing about. Singing about their balls bouncing. Right. Yeah. Yes. That big balls. Yeah. I guess I was going to like stage antics being the gross out. Right. Let me read the preface of this uh, review. You slipped when you slipped up and said that about the leering. Mm -hmm. So that that got me. There yeah, because too. he was talking about the schoolboy outfit, and I'm like, "Oops, let me yeah. uh, let me backtrack." Uh-huh. <laughs> so that was like that was a dead giveaway. But yeah, here here's the preface to this review. Imagine it's 1976, and you get a new album thrown on your desk featuring songs like "She's Got Balls" by a bunch of brash Australians, one of whom dresses up like a demented schoolboy. You probably wouldn't guess they'd become one of the biggest hard rock acts of all time, still capable of packing stadiums even after losing two iconic lead singers. You might even re- write a review like this. <laughs> so wow. yeah that reviewer no likey who was the reviewer do you know billy altman yeah, that would have been amazing if it was lester yeah no kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i thought that was pretty entertaining because it's like oh yeah that's crap and you know here they are still standing the test of time yeah i don't i don't know why but some some that just all like it just lined up and i was like ooh, acdc i bet yeah, good, good job. I'm really happy. I was struggling for a minute. I really was like trying to think of the twin guitars, and then I don't know, it just clicked, and there it is. Right on. I think every one of them so far has trashed the band in our in the. You know what I'm saying? 
Oh, it's yeah. like well, we're all trying to throw each other off with that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly <laughs> it for me. That's what I'm looking for is something to, like a band that I love that somebody just shits all over and you know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, they uh, they deliver, but somebody out there that is an industry pro felt otherwise. So missed it by that much. Everyone's <laughs> a critic. Yep. <laughs> wow. Well, good, excellent. So next week I have. The uh, Lester Bangs inspired challenge. So be ready. I'm doing uh, Engelbert Humpert. Oh, I told you. Damn it. <laughs> oh, dang it. Abba. Oh. I, I will have slept since then, so I won't remember. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to the weekly review. Weekly challenge. That's the wrong button. <laughs> yeah, I said it wrong anyway. I said review. It's challenge. Yes, it is. <laughs> that was the right button. We'll fix that hey. one of these days. And I believe Metalhead had it. Okay, so you know, you guys know, but for the listeners, uh, my grandfather is he's 88 years old, and he's had some bad health recently, and he was in the hospital like twice this week, and he actually just passed away the day we're recording this. So, but he hadn't passed away at the time I made this challenge. So I was feeling a little sentimental and I decided to uh, issue the challenge of finding up to, but not more than three songs that remind you of, or that you connect specifically with a family member. So that's. All right. Uh, JPP, do you want to go first? Sure, sure. First off, you know, we already said it earlier, but we do express our condolences and very sorry for your loss. And yeah, absolutely. He was a great dude, and uh, I know he'll be missed. So, um, thanks for bringing this challenge because it's good to kind of reflect and, and, you know, as much as we enjoy music and we kind of forge ahead with new things and get nostalgic in our own little back in our day when songs were fresh and we were young and energetic, it's good to kind of be reminded of, you know, songs that remind you of loved ones as well. So I'll definitely state the obvious. I've talked about this in previous episodes as well, but when it comes to my dad, I think of Tina Turner's What's Love Got to Do With It because that was such a guilty pleasure song for him at the time when it came out that I would be asleep on summer break and he'd be up at five in the morning getting ready to go work his construction job and belting it at the top of his lungs while the radio was playing and waking me up uh, and uh, I, I, yeah uh, so. i love your dad so much i wish i could have heard that just one time oh it was it was hysterical at the time it wasn't i was like dad i'm trying to sleep but you know i had it coming i'm sure i kept him up many times as a baby but you know such is life but yeah so that song definitely uh still shows up at times and, you know, kind of brings me signals, if you will, I feel like, in, in moments. So um, that one will always resonate with me in that regard. Um, when it comes to my daughter, um, there's not really a song, but really it's more or less the, the soundtrack to Moana because she loves that movie so much and she'll sing the songs and uh, belt them very much. So, you know, I know that that will always be in my heart as well. And that's kind of her break it learning pitch and learning to sing and and that sort of thing so i uh, fully embrace it and really enjoy watching her unfold her musical journey as well because of that so um that's my second choice third choice was kind of a toss-up and i remember as a kid um you well 
Metal Hunt Money knows my sister. And uh, pretty much anything Bon Jovi related will always remind <laughs> me of my sister. Oh, God, yes. Uh, <laughs> yep. So um, she is quite the uh, Bon Jovi fan. Um, I think she probably still has a poster or two somewhere. But <laughs> I remember barging in her room as a kid and seeing his pants and his crotch right there as soon as I walked in on the wall <laughs> right out the door. And it's like, uh, okay, I'm going to go. But, you know, she... Turned me on to a lot of music, much I, of which I didn't follow after the fact, but um, that one was pretty much always in constant rotation when she was living at the house with us. She's older, so, you know, she moved out when I was still a kid. But uh, nonetheless, she did uh, have quite a library of tunes that I heard often. <laughs> that's awesome. That's some good choices, man. Thanks, man. I'm glad that you didn't choose individual songs because... All of mine are songs. <laughs> well, it's tough, you know, because it's like I, I can't think of one particular tune in, in some aspect. With Dad, of course, that's a dead giveaway because mm-hmm. he, he never listened to a lot of music with me. Um, well, in fact, anytime I played a tape in, in the car, he'd always get a little grumpy. I remember playing Injustice for All, and he's like, I don't like music where the drummer carries the melody, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, but, you know, with my, my sister and my daughter, even my mom, you know, there was always a wider variety of music that uh, still brings back a lot of memories. Yeah, awesome. All right. Foggy, your turn. So, for my three, um, for the first one, this is actually a song. I just remember uh, taking my kids to the sitter every day before school, and it was uh, shortly after Zwan came out, and they wanted to listen to Settle Down every car trip. (laughs) So... It, it got burned out pretty quickly. It was a good song, but <laughs> I don't know about every trip. So And Clay continued on. He loved pumpkins. So so that was good that that worked. But uh, Second one is not a song. It's, um, you know, when I was growing up, my parents, uh, kind of like you, Paul, weren't big music listeners. You know, there wasn't a lot of um, interest in that. But we did have one of those huge piece of furniture, you know, that had the uh, turntable inside of it and speakers on the side, sliding doors over oh, the top, yeah. so it became like a table yeah. and all that. Yep. Super sweet. Yeah, they they rocked some ABBA in there. That was one of their favorites. Um, so I remember that one vividly with my folks. And uh, the other one uh, is my brothers. They were seven and five years older than me. So when I'm growing up, they were in high school, getting into those cool years, so to speak. So I remember um, spending a lot of time. Well, that's where I got Rush, obviously. But then, like, Cheap Trick and the cars. I can remember, uh, you know, the vinyl and all that with them. And they shared all that with me. They always had the best stereo systems. They, they had jobs, and that's what they spent their money on. Um, so I remember getting introduced to all that stuff as a kid. They were really generous to share that with me. So that's, those are my three. There is something to be said about hi-fi equipment that doubles as furniture oh man <laughs> yeah my uh my grandma pierce she used to have one it was gigantic it had to be like five or six feet long and you open mm-hmm. the top lift it up and there was like the turntable and the cassette deck and i mean i don't i think it i honestly don't remember if it had a cassette deck or an eight track because they had it it was old and they had it forever when i was a kid but and man, it was. I would love to have it today. Who's? 
Yeah, and ours had space where your your uh, vinyl could slide uh-huh. down in, you know, like a little system. And yep. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah, we had one with an 8-track, and there was a little indent in the speaker cloth um, where the frame was for it, and I lost my Boba Fett in there. So <laughs> if uh, somebody ended up with that, if you could dissect, if you find a Boba Fett, it's mine. I want it back. And <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, there was so many albums I would pop on and listen. And I remember as a kid, there was one song that uh, I don't know – who it was, I'll have to ask my mom, see if she remembers, but she had a little 45. In fact, I've still got a little metal tin full of the old 45s. I need to dust nice. them off and play them again. But um, there was a song by a band, that, and I remember some of the lyrics were, she was Bertha Butt, and she had three sisters. It was Bertha Butt and the Butt Sisters. <laughs> I have no idea what the hell. Bertha I, Butt. <laughs> I kid you not. And so, I'm looking that up. I, I'm, yeah, I was like, I have no idea what that's about, but I was maybe four or five at the time, but that's still stuck in my mind. But just them laughing hysterically at Bertha Butt and the Butt Sisters. Well, on that note, you're going to love my first choice. So, All right. uh, my grandpa Mundy, he was a huge, huge, huge fan of Jim Reeves. Mm. When listening, who doesn't know that's some old school country. Yes. And, oh, yeah. Uh, he used to play this song for all of the grandkids all the time. He would take out one of his many Jim Reeves records, put it on, put it right on this song, and away we went. And the song is called Bimbo. <laughs> and it is, you know, you hear that title and you think that might be a little inappropriate for kids, but the song Bimbo is actually the name of this little boy who basically wandered around the neighborhood bugging everybody and getting into trouble and going to see girls and all this stuff. And it was, so I, I think I've told both of you separately that I wish we could play, I could play like an audio snippet of the, I mean, that song is just, it's, you got to hear it to believe it. And my, awesome. I mean, I can't, I, I can't even tell you how many times I heard this song because he played it all the time. <laughs> I'm sure there's a link out there. Oh yeah, no, it's on YouTube. It's totally on YouTube. <laughs> oh, Excellent. share it. Share it on uh, the Facebook sure page. Um, <laughs> my second choice. <clears throat> uh, my daughter Tira. She is 25 years old, and yes, wow. I am that old. Um, but Me too. Uh, I'm not. when she was. <laughs> Uh, the Incubus album Science came out when she was around four years old or so. And uh, we listened to it in the car a lot. And she, you know, she liked it. She kind of got into, I, she liked that. She liked like Stray Cats and some, you know, a lot of the other stuff we listened to. But, you know, we would start asking her what she wanted to listen to in the car and she always, she loved the song. She said, I want to listen to the, the Houty Grouty song. And we're like, what, what <laughs> in the hell is Houty Grouty? <laughs> we could not figure out what she wanted to hear. And we finally figured out there's a song on the Incubus Science album called Summer Romance, the anti-gravity love song. So... Yes. So there's like in the chorus, they sing out, they like draw it out real long, anti-gravity, and she thought they were saying howty grouty. So she nice. always wanted to hear nice. the howty grouty awesome. song. Such a great tune yeah, too. Is. I love the bass really line, is. love the little jazz yep. solo. 
So, flavor. yeah, excellent, excellent choice. That's wonderful. My last one. <laughs> You know, I, with all this stuff going on with my grandpa, I was trying to think of something that reminded me of them. And holy crap, were they the biggest hee-haw fans ever. <laughs> and every time we were over at their house in the evening, and I grew up right across the street from them. So from the time I was three until I was 18, I lived right across the street from them. So we were over there all the time. And anytime you were over there in the evening, they were watching hee-haw. So, which nice. I hated at the time, but I totally appreciate now. Oh, certainly. You know, it's funny how you you have a a penchant for the contemporary, I guess, yeah. for lack of a better way to say it. But um, but then when you get older, you start really embracing you yeah. know, not only the things that you enjoyed in the past, but you appreciate what your family and other friends loved in the past before yes. you. Um, you know, the history of it and things like that. So that's but, that is super cool. I remember my mom used to make me watch a bunch of old shows oh, yeah. I was bored to death with. Nowadays, yeah. I'm always watching them. So, but that got me thinking. I'm like, man, there was so much stuff on that. I was trying to narrow it down to a song, and I thought they really loved uh, Barbara Mandrell and the Mandrell Sisters, but mm -hmm. I couldn't think of like one song that really popped into my head. So then I remembered we used to go to, out to dinner with them every once in a while, and well, they went out like every Friday, and we went with them sometimes. They used to go to I don't know if you guys remember old Doc's Diner. Mm -hmm. So sure we would go there and every time we went there, uh, they would give me money to play songs on the jukebox. Every single time, the first song I would play would be Elvira by the Oak Ridge. Boys. <laughs> Papa Mau Mau. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Dang it, beat me to it. Yes. <laughs> so every time, man, I'd get that Elvira going. That's yep. awesome. That's <laughs> that's great. It, Go ahead. No, that just reminds me of my dad too. Because when that song would come on, he would do like a silly dance oh, yeah. to it. Especially the um papa mama part. When I was a kid, I would giggle like a well, like a toddler. So <laughs> that's old country music. Country music is not country music uh, anymore. Uh, yeah, I can't stand the country pop stuff. I I like a lot of the contemporary artists that do kind of like the older style of stuff. You know, like. Mm -hmm. I love Hank three Sturgill Simpson's pretty cool. And you know, that kind of stuff, but I, yeah, the pop country, I can't mm -hmm. hang with. Yeah. And, and Cam, yeah. she does a really good job of having that country classic country flair yes. too. Um, yeah. Her, one of her later singles, I, I don't follow a hundred percent. I should because one of my buddies has toured with her, but um, nonetheless, I, one of her latest singles was very good and it told a really good story, you know, and, I normally don't seek out country tunes, but when I heard it, it definitely floored me in the right. Yeah, way. I like her a lot, and I, I mean, I love the Dixie Chicks and stuff, but there's not a ton of contemporary country that I care for. Hey, um, I did find a song that you guys are going to have to check out. What's that? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's on Spotify. I know it's on Apple Music. It is called the Bertha Butt Boogie. <laughs> that cannot be coincidence. It has to be. Right? I'll have to double check that, but that could very well be. <laughs> or we're going to have some copyright problems. <laughs> if you're stealing Bertha Butt's song. Right. That's got to be it. Has to be. Jimmy mm -hmm. Castor. That sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, the Bertha Butt boogie. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, enjoy, guys. Uh, pop that on and enjoy. Yeah. <laughs>
I can't wait. I'm going to end the show. Okay, thanks, folks, for listening. We got See you next some butts week. to check out. <laughs> so All you're, right. You're saying you're a birthday butt man? Is that what you're saying? I am now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so that was uh, this week's challenge. Excellent choice, Monday. Thank you. And uh, next week, Paul has the challenge. So, Paul... What are you doing to us? Well, I'm going to tie along with this challenge, given the um, you know sentimentality and whatnot. Uh, you know, songs reminded us of loved ones and vice versa. Let's look at what loved one or friend gifted you with music. Oh. Uh, can you remember a time when somebody gave you music as a gift? I love it. And what was your reaction to it, positive or negative? I would like to, if you have up to three, that's awesome. If you only have one, that's fine too, but no more than three. I love it. All right. Can you just say challenge accepted? Challenge accepted. Bam. All right. Sweet. A loved one or friend gifted you with music. Mm-hmm. All right. That's going to take some deep thought. Well, as usual with every challenge, I have one immediately. <laughs> yeah. So you at least got yeah. one. That's good. Okay, excellent job, but uh, now we have some work to do. Album review. Album review. So, um, to stay timely, to stay relevant, we are reviewing We Are Not Your Kind today. And um, as I, you know, I couldn't have been more excited to do this, but as I prepared, I just feel woefully unprepared in that um, it's only been a few days to really sit with it. There's so much there. It's really hard to dig into the lyrics and really get to all the emotional points of the songs. Um, I feel like everybody rushes to get videos out or to, to get your review out. Um, and I don't know how you guys felt about it, but it just feels like you leave so many stones unturned simply for the sake of yeah, time. Yeah, every time we do a review, like, I mean, it comes out on Friday and we record on Sunday, so there's not a lot of time to sit with it. Like, everything you said certainly applies. Uh, one thing, I, I mean, you kind of have to do that if you want to, you know, I, I guess, stay relevant. Um, but, um, yeah, it just it, you really need time to dig in, and that, that's part of my... That, that that was part of what I was going to say is like, I, I have an opinion on this, but I'm sure it will change as time goes on. And I spend some real time with this. So. Yeah, absolutely. Precisely. I would like to, um, I would like to read something and start us off. If you guys are good with that. Where's yours? Okay. So this, just because we didn't have time to dig into like, everything this does give us a little bit of context as we start so i don't know if you noticed but the first track which every album has an intro so far every album does and in there of course he talks about him counting all the killers i don't know if you paid attention but the last song soul way yeah. also yes. mm-hmm. starts with counting yeah. all the killers so i just looked this up just to see if there was any commentary on it and Corey Taylor says it's a metaphor 
for counting all of the ways that you've been minimalized, marginalized, all the things that have been uh, that have been laid on you like an issue and things that have been laid on you like a scapegoat. You're counting all the things that are slowly killing your identity. So I felt like it could not have been, you know, some kind of weird coincidence that it starts and ends that way. So it kind of gives me a feeling for the whole album. So we'll start there. What do you think? Yeah, that makes total sense. I caught that right away, too. I love the name of the intro, the insert coin. That's beautiful, beautiful name for an intro to, you know, put your coin in to get it going. And uh, But yeah. I did, I caught that, too, when, it, you know, it's kind of the whatever moody little intro flowing along. And then he started saying that. And I was like, wait a minute, I've heard that before. And yeah, I, I later realized it was in the Solway Firth, you know, from watching the video and stuff. I was like, he says that in that. What What's going on there? But I definitely caught it. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> I'll dig a little deeper here in a bit. But um, I just felt like you're talking about, you know, needing to sit with it. I do, too, in that. This this album is an onion. Not that it makes me cry. There's just so many layers. Could be and both. Could there's be both. Just, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's definitely powerful in a, a lot of ways too. And um, of course, I listened to it a bit on Friday. I was surfing on Instagram and I saw where Corey's buddy Jason Christopher, who plays bass with Prong and countless other bands, um, shared the album cover and and said a sentiment like, "My best friend almost died making this record," and so that kind of made me want to dig deeper, knowing that you know there was blood, sweat, and tears in in many ways for the creation of this, from at least Corey's behalf. And I know the band themselves have had some adversity here recently as well. So um, nonetheless, the fact that this came out and is as strong as it is, and uh, just kind of a symbol of overcoming a lot of things, and and uh, that's fantastic. So um, lots of really great tunes, great riffs, and um, definitely, you know, we talked about Slipknot more in the past with Iowa and whatnot, and I really didn't follow them heavily before, but I'm finding myself converting um, to a maggot, if you will. I'm turning into a maggot. I never thought I'd say that sentence in my life, but yeah, here I same. Am. You're yeah, right. Same here. I, <laughs> I, I kind of, you know, dis, which we discussed again on the Iowa episode. I totally kind of discounted them at first, and I'm, I've grown to appreciate them quite a lot. So, yeah, and I think a lot of it for me was, um, I mean, I, I'm a fan of fast music, but sometimes I felt like. Um, things were a little disjunct to me. Um, and I, I, it just could have been my, the way my ear resonated with it, but there's definitely been a positive evolution with these guys, growth and, um, solidity. You know, they've certainly fortified who they are and wow. Good, good stuff. Yeah. I could not agree. Yeah. More. I didn't, you know, none of us had a ton of time with it, but I, with everything that's been going on the last couple of days, I really, I really did not get a huge chance to spend a lot of time with it. But, um, just listening to it, what little I did, I certainly had standout tracks and most of them came from the middle. Like, I mean, I've enjoyed everything they released before the album came out, but, my standout tracks all came from like the middle chunk of the album. Like I really loved critical darling. Um, I like, you see that title and, and, and it, you know, that phrase means something, but then you listen to the song and he kind of takes that meaning and switches it around a little bit. I really enjoyed that. 
you know, being uh, the darling of all the critics in your life and all that is pretty cool. And um, mm-hmm. uh, Liar's Funeral, I thought was really, it's like, it sounds very, it's very epic and dramatic. Um, there's, you know, it goes in heavy parts and moody parts and it's really cool, little, really cool dynamics. And I have to say so far, my favorite song on the album is Spiders. I love it. <laughs> That's that's the first thing when I was I stayed up after midnight and I I don't usually because I'm a pumpkin I you know I turn into pumpkin at midnight but I stayed up put my headphones on in bed so I could listen and then I got to that point I texted Tony immediately and I just said listen to spiders it's so good <laughs> I I it, mm-hmm. I mean it's I don't even know like I that to me doesn't scream this is a Slipknot song but man it's good it's very it's, it's layered in- and oh it's so good. You know, I'm going to make a weird analogy here or comparison. Um, I heard that tune. It's got a nice little groove. You know, the drum's got a mm-hmm. nice little snare ring, pop, you know, to it. Um, so that pulled me in immediately. But just the way the song plays out and tells its story reminds me of Lullaby from The Cure in its own okay. way. It's like a metal, it's a metal tune that just has this, those layers, the groove, and there's elements to it that you you again you dig deeper and you hear subtleties and things like with um the cure song there's whispering and little yeah. things that create a lot of mystery. i feel like uh, the song every has time, its own things yeah sorry to interrupt i feel like every no, time no, i no. listen to that song i'm going to catch something else for quite a while yeah yeah you so. know what's really cool about that song is you know how they have the little interludes um and those little weird odd things well the song that's right before it is what's yes. next it feels like and it's kind of cool because it's like signaling you know, check this out, you know, but it sounds like this weird elevator music, but it's got a little bit of that piano xylophone sound going on. And then you get that eerie piano that kicks in with spiders. Um, it's just a perfect combo with those two. And that doesn't always happen with interludes. Yeah. I don't think they use that one very well. Yep. Absolutely. Any other um, standout tracks for you, Monday? Uh, no, it was, those three were the big ones for me. And like I said, I've enjoyed every, I enjoyed all the videos they put out before, you know, the album came out. So I, there's nothing on this that I hated. I will, I, I really enjoyed all of it. So mm-hmm. I, I gave it, cool. uh, I gave it, I mean, like a solid four out of five right now. And I, that'll probably grow as I, you know, spend some more time with it, which I will definitely be doing. Right on. Yeah. Liar's funeral really took me by surprise. Um, and when he screams liar, I mean, you can feel it. I mean, there's some serious, I assume potentially that that's maybe talking about his ex-wife um, because a lot of the anger in this came from that, um, that period where he's basically a year of his life that was miserable um, following that in 2017. Um, there are some really... Um, Really cool lyrics in Liar's Funeral. The way it ends with, True victims and survivors learn to make war. Don't want to be the sad man singing anymore. I did it all wrong, so I'd get it all right. We're wasting the candles. The dead need no light. <laughs> just just uh, clever. Uh, I love that. That's awesome, yeah. Um, <clears throat> for me, I'll, I'll give a quick song uh, impression. I'm not going to go into basically the standout tracks for me. Sorry. Um, Birth of the Cruel was great. Love the riffs in that. Um, 
Elira's Funeral stuck out for me too. Uh, Spiders, of course, we already mentioned that. That was a big one. And uh, certainly Solway Firth. There, that song, I liked the way um, he sung at the beginning because it was just... It was almost like he was an instrument, you know, if you took like a droning instrument, like a sitar or something like that, um, the way the delay and everything was, he just really played on the pitch a little bit. It was off just a little bit here and there when they finished some phrases. Um, and it was definitely intentional and really well executed. Um, the riffs, of course, are, are fantastic. I love like the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, you know, just it has a nice groove to it and, um, it and a nice tail to it as well. So there's certainly a lot more writing involved with this album um, that stood out to me too um, you know in the earlier material I heard a lot of staying on the lower like first three frets and stuff like that for the heavy intensity of it and they've really expanded you know at least in my impression I'll have to go back and listen to the earlier stuff too to make a, a better more credible comparison of course but just the impressions I got with some of the earlier material versus now you know this stuff is sticking with me a lot more for sure yeah I, it's interesting because you know when they came out um the self-titled album instantly went well this is new metal because they had a dj okay. and he rapped some and you know mm-hmm. it was heavy so he kind of got that moniker and then of course you we know we all did iowa and that was just a blast i mean that was freaking fury um and so volume three um was kind of like a lot of people liken this to that because that album showed they came back and they wanted to show there was more to the band than just all that aggression so you got like their most popular song duality um you got the slow uh circle which is really cool and then you got the vermilion one and two um which are a little softer um so this album kind of follows in that vein and i think where it feels even though it's so complex and so varied that it feels more cohesive is that this is the first time since volume three that they've actually recorded all the songs together in the studio with the musicians playing. Um, the rest of them were pieced together. So many things on all hope is gone that, um, the band was just, uh, literally falling apart as they made it. And then uh, point five, the gray chapter was dealing with the death of Paul gray. Um, so there was all kinds of things. It was a tribute to him and it was really difficult to make. So this is like the first one where it felt like the band was the band again. So that was really yeah, cool. I, I will throw out my biggest nitpick, uh, has nothing to do with the album really, but the, the video they did for birth of the cruel, the, like the vertical video, oh. I thought it was terrible. Yeah. I mean, the video is just shots of them that are all like glitchy and distorted and it just kind of rotates through the members and all that. Like, I mean, there's, I don't know. I didn't. It's not really a video. I know. It's just like a series of images. That's whatever. But the song is great. I didn't like the video. (laughs) No, I agree with that. Um, Did you guys, uh, you didn't mention um, Nero Forte which I love that song. It's so fast. And his, I love his cadence. Um, even when he's growling, he just has this great cadence and flow. And that song really highlights it. Um, I really, and then it's got like this backing chorus and then he hits hard with it. It's kind of the opposite of what usually happens. Like critical darling. It's just that really sing song chorus with him really belting it out. 
it's the opposite in Nero Forte. I really like yeah, that. Yeah, it's guilty cool. as charged. I definitely need to go back and listen to that part of it. Uh, the two times that I, w- I was listening to the album as a whole, it seemed like right around that midpoint is when something came up and I got distracted and had to you know, step away for a second. And funny how it worked, you know, kind of at the same time on both accounts. But um, yeah, that, I, I definitely want to hear if you're saying it's intense like that. I definitely want to hear it and get a good impression. Yeah. That that is a great song. I I did make a note. Of, I mean, there are uh, you know two or three real bangers on this album man, where they just kind of go balls out, you know, four to the floor, mm-hmm. and that that was definitely one of them. <clears throat> so, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say, um, in that same way, Red Flag and Orphan stand out. Those are uh, serious bangers. Um, I wonder if you guys had a chance to pay attention to Not Long for This World. Um, what I, I, well, what I find really interesting, you know, Slipknot is percussive. I mean, it's drums, uh, and there's a drummer over there, and there's a drummer over there, so there's a lot I of percussion. I may have said a few times it, that the extra percussion seems unnecessary. <laughs> it's mostly stage yeah, show. I know. And it's interesting because uh, on the Q&A with Jay, he, he when he came to the band, he said, am I supposed to write this, you know, these drum parts with, you know, you in, in mind, knowing that there's going to be some extra keg banging and all that. And then uh, Clown told him, no, you do your part. We'll come in later and add the extra. Yeah, I saw, um, I saw which, uh, an article or something. I didn't read it. I just saw the headline. But uh, somebody, it might have been Root, said that Chris Fain was a, a big part of them visually so there's you know there's always yes. that element with them yeah yeah but the thing that's cool about not long for this world is the drums are so understated they're soft and mellow and they just ride under everything it's the exact opposite of what normally happens in their songs it was a nice touch yeah so Fane is out of the band right and they have oh, yeah. is. Man is his recent replacement yeah. I love it. They're having so much fun with that because nobody can figure out. Everybody, oh, it's this guy. It's got to be him. And then we found, ah, it's probably not him. Is the mask still uh, deteriorating slowly? (laughs) It is, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I hope he's not eating it along the way because that probably isn't too tasty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. They said those things are gross by the end. Do not doubt that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if they'll tell us until everything's over or not. So, you know, speaking of Slipknot, this is just a quick question. Um, What are your thoughts on Stone Sour, um, Foggy? We haven't really talked about them at length. I love Stone Sour. It's a totally different experience. Um, But I really do. They're they're a little more um, Mm -hmm. radio friendly um, than Slipknot. You don't get the, the percussive. Well, they had some, you know, when Jim Root was in the band... Um, cause he was with Gorez. Stone Sour came out before yes, Slipknot. Right. So, and Jim was, was in the band with him and there, in the beginning, there were some really heavy songs. One of their best 30, 30, 150 is, um, it's probably my favorite song by them. It's pretty hard. I mean, it's not quite that level of hard and he doesn't growl nearly as much. I mean, rarely does he do it in there. It's kind of his chance to be the other side. Um, so I think it's a great outlet for Corey, but I love them as a band. I think they're fantastic. And the guy who they got to replace, uh, root does a great job. Christian Martucci. He's, um, he does a good job. So I suppose in another year, we'll get another stone sour album. So, yeah. And I, it's funny because I know when I first saw them, I watched, uh, 
a live video and, and I was like, hey, that's the guitar player from Slipknot too. And it's like, it's nice to see the contrast in, in the playing too, not only with Corey you know, doing an <clears throat> alternate persona, if you will, but just kind of scratching the itch mm-hmm. of singing and, and vocal ranges and stuff too. But uh, um, I, I hadn't listened to a ton of stuff. I heard a couple of things on the radio and, you know, at the time I wasn't into it. I wasn't really looking for that Same. style of music. So, yeah, totally. but I, I'm definitely willing to give it a listen and, and uh, you know, give it a shot. So. Yeah, I can send you a list of a couple just to check cool. out and see what you think. Um, they're all solid albums, and one, uh, two, two of the albums come together, and he made a comic book of it. So nice. that's okay. pretty cool. Yeah, I was never a um, huge fan of theirs either, and I, I didn't even realize it was Corey Taylor at first. But I mean, that didn't really change my mind. <laughs> I mean, I, I right. it's. I always felt like they were kind of like a radio rock band, and I never really gave them a chance, and. I will say I like some of their stuff, but I, it's I still not gonna ever be my favorite band. Right. Understood. I just want to make one one final comment about the album. I mean, I wish we could talk more, but it takes more digging in at this point. I think. Um, suffice to say, I loved it. Um, a lot of people online. It's just interesting because these old school fans they want Iowa or nothing. You know, and they, they talk about, well, they used to be so hard. So Iowa is the anomaly. It's the one album that is totally aggressive the whole way. All the other albums have different textures and feels and song. You know what I mean? It's like we hold on to that as if that's what the band was. That may have been the high point back then, but that's certainly what the band is. And what I love about this record is they let Corey be Corey. Why would you have a guy who can growl and scream and yet can carry a tune as good as any singer out there and not ever use that. Uh, it just seems like you're, you'd be wasting talent. And I also loved that they gave uh, Sid and Craig a little bit extra work on this one. You can definitely feel them all over this record uh, way more than you have in the past. And I think it was, it made the album that much better um, and that much more complex than some of their previous work. Very cool. Yeah, I can feel that. Um, I will say, I, I, I got to throw <clears> this in because kind of what you're talking about is, you know, the fans want this, the fans want that. And I, I am never, even with my favorite bands, I, I would never, you know, be like, oh, you got to make a, Among the Living every time. Every, that's the best. You got to make it. <laughs> I mean, bands are made up of individual people. Those individual people have lives, they grow, they change. They're going to make different music throughout their career. If they're lucky enough to have a career, that is what it is. Like, you know, you don't have to love every single minute of every single song, but that's their people. What comes out comes out. That's the creative thing. You know, it's, it is what it is. Love it or don't. It's, but they got to be who they are. And my other point was you talking about the fans. Uh, I think it's uh, J- Josta on his show. He, he likes to say a lot. He heard, he heard this somewhere and I don't remember. It's some coach. I think it was a football coach, but somebody said something about to him once about, you know, the fans listening to the fans when they say this or that. And he said, you know, if you listen to the fans too much, you end up sitting with them. 
<laughs> so there it is. Yeah. That's that's an incredible statement for sure. Um, you know, you were talking about that journey, about people growing and having experiences and things like that. I mean, you sat there listening to us in a garage in high school, you know, back in the day. Yeah. Found some of those old garage tapes a while back, in which most of them were disintegrated, but it's like, wow. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, we we played that one riff for like four hours, but we had the time of our lives. <laughs> and, uh, you know how much has changed, but nonetheless, I mean, it's still that. It, that's the biggest thing for me is if you still have that excitement, if you still have that fire and that passion to continue to create, then you know you're on your way. Uh, it gets tough a lot of times, much like what you're saying. If you listen to the fans too much, you sit with them. Uh, you know, sometimes your journey makes you want to try some something completely different that the fans may not like but nonetheless i mean you've got to get it out um it's like holding back feelings and repressing things you you have to express yourself artistically too yeah and you have to do yeah. it in an authentic way you know or or i think the fans would see through that if we if they tried to make another iowa I, I don't know that it would work, and I'm not, I don't know. I don't know yeah, why you'd want well, it to work. And I think the guys bands... being like, oh, they're just trying to do Iowa again. <laughs> Isn't Posers. that what you wanted? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think they're better musicians. They sound cleaner and, and better that way. So I don't know why you would want to ever go back. I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad that we're 20 years in and we're still getting something that's this relevant and, and people are talking about it and buying it. And uh, it's a testament Absolutely. to the band. So. I'm excited, and I can't wait to keep digging in. Same here. And uh, and you yeah. get to see him next week. And Friday, I get to see him. So excited! It's a good show. A lot of three, at least three good bands <laughs> that I like. I just, I just can't wrap my head around Behemoth. Who is it? It's uh, Volby and who? Behemoth opens yeah. first, and then uh, Gojira. Right. I like mm. them a lot. They're good, and then uh, Volbeat um, comes on right before yeah. Slipknot. So super, super I, stoked. I'm happy you're going to see Yojira. I saw them with Mastodonic a few years ago, and you know mm. they. It was Pierre's in Fort Wayne. It was a smaller club, but mm. man, ripped my face off. It was great. So I hope they do the same for you. I saw them. I saw yeah. them with Metallica, and it was horrible. <laughs> they were in. Uh, well, they were in the whatever it's called, the Banker's Life Fieldhouse mm-hmm. now. They mm-hmm. were there, and we had nosebleed seats, and uh, it, you know, the sound for the opening band. I think it was it was Gojira, Lamb of God, and Metallica, and Gojira and Lamb of God both sounded absolutely horrible, which I have a feeling might have been sort of, kind of intentional, maybe, maybe not, but it, they sounded god awful. <laughs> Was it just the sound setup? Was I so think bad? so. Metallica didn't sound great from where we were, so that probably played a part in it. But they sounded a lot better than the openers. Well, that stage is designed for mm. them, you know, specifically. So yeah, it was the in the round. Mm-hmm. You know, they were doing that at the time. So interesting. Hmm. Well, I hope they're better on yeah. Friday. It's a great band. I love Gojira, but then, mm-hmm. man, when I saw them, it was terrible. <laughs> But I've since maybe I'll do. I've uh, since seen uh, Lamb of God, and I mean, I, they were amazing. They sounded fantastic. So, were they open? Were they headlining yes. then? Yeah. Yep. There you go. Your theory holds true. 
All right. Anybody need to make a final statement? Uh, we got to talk about anything we're listening to or watching or anything. Oh, I just meant final statement. Oh, no, yeah, not no. guilty. Oh, yep. Uh, <laughs> do you have a number for it yet, Foggy? Sheesh. Um, I don't know. It's going to be. I'm. I'm just going to give it a five and just bail out. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. It doesn't really matter at this point. I love it. And uh, it's. I don't know. That's too. Like I gave a four point nine last week, and I held out the five for this week. I'm. So. Uh, it, it's in the running for Rammstein spot for album of the year for me so far. If that tells you anything. Nice. So. We got a big contender coming yep. up in three weeks, and another big one next week. Kill Switch and Gage will be our review next week. That ought to Very be pretty good. Very excited about that, yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Before we head out tonight, uh, let's find out what's going on, what we're listening to, and where we can find us. Monday? Tool on Spotify. That's all I got to say. No. <laughs> I, that has been in very heavy rotation. It's, I, I'm very excited that they're finally on there, and I've been playing them a lot. So uh, been enjoying that. Uh, I've really been wa- enjoying watching the new series, The Boys, on Prime. And it's based on a fantastic comic book and the series does not disappoint it uh, put the kids to bed and enjoy <laughs> and uh just uh yesterday i think uh life of agony released a new video for the song scars off of their upcoming album and i love it that's i love that band and it's a great song and i can't wait to hear more I gave the song a listen. I haven't had a chance to watch the video yet, but I popped it on when I was running errands this morning and really dug it. So very, very, very cool. Um, Let's see. Uh, Certainly listened to a lot of Tool here in the past uh, week. It was nice to revisit some of those albums again. Um, While I was doing some chores this morning, I just kind of threw on a playlist rotation and Biohazard popped up a few times. So I ended up listening to Urban (laughs) Discipline uh, just because of that. And gosh, what a, what a memory lane there too. I remember seeing them live back in the day. uh, Just that New York sound and damn, (laughs) I I miss them. That's for sure. Uh, Let's see. Stayed up way too late last night watching Glow. I think I got eight eight episodes in last night. So (laughs) season three, I watched the first two seasons. And, uh, you know, before you think I'm a perv as to why I'm watching it, it's a great story. Um, And Mark. That's a great show. We already thought you were. Had nothing to do with Glow. Mark, No, that's a great show, though, man. (laughs) It's awesome. Mark Marin is completely awesome. And uh, I I look forward to your reaction to some things on it, Monday, uh, because there's some, some fun zingers along the way. Yeah, we haven't had a chance to dig into season three yet, but we'll we'll get there. First two seasons were fantastic. I'm interested to see this one, what they do, like being in Vegas and all that. Yeah, so. and Gina Davis is awesome in this. Too. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot she was on yep. there too. It's freaking hilarious. Foggy. Well, I have not seen that. <laughs> yeah, so. I, we highly suggest it. Start with episode one, and uh, we'll see you in a month. <laughs> Well, I, too, was uh, listening to Tool when it broke. Um, had it on at work. I was afraid to play Slipknot in the <laughs> office at work. So Tool's a little little more discreet when it comes to that, so listen to that for a while. I had uh, Bertha Butt Boogie on uh, replay constantly, so awesome. I, I listened to that for an entire day. That was fantastic. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I didn't have a chance. You know, between 
trying to prepare for for this review and doing this stupid work for my uh, educator leadership license um, that just killed me for the week. I had to get a couple things done quickly, so um, that's all I had time for. I haven't really watched anything. Um, that's it. You can find me on Twitter at, at Foggy's Pal if you're interested. And on Instagram, you can find Monday on Instagram, right? Yep, I'm at Metalhead Monday. Yeah, I'm JPB. on Instagram at Just Plain Paul. I've been putting some nice doom metal riffs on and electronic music. Just having some fun here and there when I can. And then, of course, find us at Wanderings and Wool Gathering on Instagram as well as on Facebook. We uh, definitely are trying to get better at sharing more content there too so drop us a message leave a note let us know what you think of episodes in the comments and uh the website should be live soon too really looking forward to uh getting a nice little channel for you to go pick where you want to listen to the the podcast and even let us know what your favorite episodes are there at the site too um jpp i'm gonna let you um tease a a couple of our upcoming guests so excuse me Looking forward to the rest of the season. We've got a couple guests coming up. Uh, A buddy of mine, Rob Winner, will be hopping on in a couple weeks. He uh, is a colleague in the acoustics industry, but he runs sound for the Looney Tunes on tour. Uh, I have to get the exact title. But basically, there is an orchestra that tours and performs music from the Bugs Bunny cartoons while they play the cartoon on the screen, and he's the live sound operator. So we'll talk to him about his experience with cartoon sound design and the industry as a whole uh also our uh, friend of the show steven siebold of hate department and standalone talked with him last night he is excited to come on board and chat with us sometime in september trying to pin the date down but uh, be on the lookout for that and then um, also may have a possible colleague coming on board to discuss uh wilco when that album releases as well he is a, a diehard fan he's also a bandmate of mine full disclosure so um, i definitely would like for him to kind of give us uh, a 101 on Wilco, uh, because that's not a band that I've followed very heavily. Uh, I know it's a big influence in his songwriting, and I play in the band with him, but uh, it would be nice to kind of get his perspective on how this album compares to their historic past. Monday. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything in closing. I, I, I would like to say that I have a, a solemn vow to make to our listeners. And, you know, if this show keeps growing and which, you know, we're all trying to make it. So I will really, really, really try to refrain from making stupid telegraph noises in the future. Or if you if you tell us that you'll continue listening, we'll make him do it every episode. Oh yeah, there you go. I, I can do that too. Well, if they survive the Nicholas Manson <laughs> era, I think they'll be okay with the telegram. Oh, good point. <laughs> I think we need to bring Solid him back. Point. I kind of miss him. <laughs> can can uh, Nicholas Manson uh, take us out today? He's busy with Rob Zombie. Leave him alone. <laughs> They're actually in Fort Wayne tonight. Manson <laughs> oh. and uh, Rob Zombie are playing. I think at. Uh, oh. I've heard nothing good about Manson on this tour. No. I, I've heard so many things, seen so many posts about how disappointing he is. <laughs> Man. Uh, one, you just mentioned Rob Zombie, and uh, I just wanted to, we'll finish the show with this since it's a Slipknot show. 
Uh, I was watching some old footage today from 99 when they were on OzFest, and they were in D.C., and they went to the mall, and they're in front of the Lincoln Memorial, and they're all they're, they're in the jumpsuits. They've got the masks on. <laughs> they're running around signing people, and uh, Mick is sitting there, and there's a girl behind him, and she's so excited, and she says... <laughs> Oh, and he reminds me of Rob Zombie. And all you see is Mick's hand go up, <laughs> flipping her off. <laughs> that was it, and they cut away from it. <laughs> and she's probably 13. That's incredible. <laughs> That's classic. So we will end tonight, and we will see you next week for a Lester Bangs Challenge, Paul's Challenge, and Kill Switch Engage. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Good night.